0: Welcome to the season finale episode of The Owl's Nest. It's a very somber moment. I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, and joined with me for one last time this year is Quentin Denny. What's going on? Nathan Price. Present. And Connor Cude. What's up, boys? Connor will be back here next year. We're sad. That's what's up, boys. (laughs) We're sad. I'll be back. Why are you guys sad?
1: (laughs) Don't don't worry. I'll get interns to replace you all.
2: It's true, it's true, (laughs) we're expendable. But
0: we've come to the end of the season, the Owl sadly did not make the playoffs, and we are recording our final episode this last week, right after the season's done, Quinton and I will be heading up to school up at BYU-Idaho, starts next Monday, Monday. and Nathan's already grinding classes out.
3: (laughs) Yay!
0: And what's Connor doing? Um
3: moving sales, out of the stadium.
2: <laughs> moving, sales pitches, yep. uh all the fun
3: stuff. Social
1: media stuffs.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. So lots of fun. Fun stuff. But the owls they didn't make the playoffs, Skylar. It was doable, but they didn't do it. But it didn't get done. They didn't get done. They didn't do it. it was a sad day. We faced
0: someone that we could not extinct. One dinosaur we couldn't extinct. That's true. The Ogden Raptors.
2: The Ogden Raptors and their Jerk fans.
1: Yeah, we should have rebranded to the Orem Meteors or something.
2: That's a good idea. (laughs) 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 You should have uh, Orem Asteroids. There we go. Who stink is the Talk raptors. to Jeff. Talk we, to Jeff. We about could this. keep
0: the baseball face, but then just add flames to the back and get rid of the wings. <laughs>
1: True. So we already have half of. The so stuff. actually, really, what we have to do is just like take the wings and just turn them at like a ninety-degree angle towards the back. Yeah. So then, it, then they're flames.
2: I'm more in favor of the Naruto runners, though, because <laughs> nothing beats a group of Naruto runners. So. You, know, you could take the wings and do the same thing. I want to work and on a logo for that for this next season. <laughs> what is this? Naruto rally? What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, you've already got a mascot doing it in the stands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> we already have half the Naruto running. To, but, yeah. So the Owls, they unfortunately, we needed to win five of the last seven. It was six of the last eight, but we five of the last won the seven. first one. So, yeah, since our last yeah. recording. Yeah, since five the last of recording. Seven. We lost the first two. I believe we won the third one. No, no, no. We won the first game. Yeah. And the very first no, game. No, since last time recording. Oh, I'm so sorry. we won on Sunday. Yeah. And then we went to Ogden and needed to win five of seven from that point. Lost two straight, won the third game, and then lost the fourth game, which ultimately eliminated us. No, okay, so out of the out of the eight games that we played Ogden, we started on a
1: Saturday. We won that Saturday, and That's then we right. lost Sunday. Then we recorded last week. Yeah, we, since we recorded, and, we lost. Yeah, since we recorded, we lost all of them except for the last one.
2: Yeah, basically. And I think it was, was it Thursday's game? Was the ultimate decider, eliminator one? Or was it Wednesday's game? I
1: think it was Wednesday's game. Yeah, so we Something woke like up
2: that. to a bunch of Grand Junction social media cheering, basically. Them posting a video of them drinking Martinelli's and basically doing a champagne toast to that. So. Yeah,
1: they uh, did that in the dugout last year, in our dugout. Yeah,
2: that's, man, it'd really suck to be the clubby to have to clean that up.
1: I didn't. The, clean, the UVU cleaning crew had to clean that up. Oh, good. Yeah.
2: Props to Grand Junction, though,
0: because we, we also had to, like, see them lose a bunch against the Vibes, and they took care of business against the Vibes, really. So even if we had taken out a lot of those Ogden games, like we had, like, Grand Junction did their job. and. yeah. They put Rocky Mountain to rest. Exactly. So, hey,
2: we at least beat Rocky Mountain. So <laughs> True. In the second half. And nice. The great thing about the Pioneer League is it doesn't matter because half these people will not be here next season. Yep. Including the interns. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but We have to get real jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but next year, who knows who will be here. Um, the Owls could be... The Ogden Raptors of next year. We can. Ne- it just all depends on who they draft, who they send up, who they keep back, and that's the cool thing about the Pioneer League is while it's hard to keep a fan base because of people who get attached to players or whatever it may be, but you can win one season, lose the next, or you lose one season, win the next. So yeah, we'll see what happens it, next year.
1: So we've been saying all year long when we see some of these awesome guys getting called up is. We're really happy for them, but sucks for us because then it just hurts our chances. But, yeah, it's it's like that every year where, you know, sometimes you just have the right guys in at the right time. We, see, we saw with Idaho Falls. They just had the right guys in the first half, and then it looked like they all got called up
2: or something, and then all of a sudden they were just losing. Mm-hmm. And then we think about it just compared to last year where the team won, what, 23 games total out of the 76? Yeah. So they won 23 games total. This year – we were able to put up, I think, what was it? Thirty? It wasn't. It wasn't significantly more, but it was more.
3: We won thirty games, this One thirty. We so went thirty and forty-six 36. total season.
2: Okay, so what you're seeing there is a increase. We're going up. We're on the up and up, boys. On the up and up. <laughs> That's all it takes. Let's start this now. It's doable next year. <laughs> it's doable next year. It is year. doable now. Yeah, we're at five hundred right now. Zero and zero. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so
0: we got a good show. We're going to keep following our same lineup as usual. We'll start off with our game of the week. So, what were your guys' game of the week? Again, like we were mentioned, it was kind of a rough week, but we yeah. were able to end the season on a win.
2: So, what would you say is our game of the week from our last Monday? No doubt. I think we're all in agreement here. We won two games since last time recording. Our game of the week, or at least my game of the week, was the last game of the season. Um, we were So that was Saturday's game. We played against Ogden. We ended up winning 4-2. to two. And the reason why I think this was such a significant game is because Ogden, the whole time we were playing them during this eight-game, nine-game series against them, their fans, they would travel here. They're kind of rowdy. They brought vuvuzelas, cowbells, and everything. So they kind of got on our nerves a little bit, four games against them. And to finally beat them, at the end of the season, the game where they would have broken their single season record for the. I think mean, it was a Pioneer League record. Pioneer League record. For so single a single season, season for wins. them. But yeah. then also Pioneer League record. We ended that. We saw them actually trying for it as they had Andy Pahez came in, who didn't play the game, didn't start it. He came in for a pinch-hitting opportunity with guys on second and third. And if we know what Andy Pajes does, he had... The game before that, two home runs in it. and One was against a position player. One was against a position player, but man, was that thing gone. <laughs> yeah, it's true. One of them was almost another home run, so we should have had three. But Andy Paez comes in a pinch-hitting situation, and I think it was James Varela at the time. Who it was Ryan Smith. Was it Ryan Smith? Because Ryan Smith just barely came in, and then they went to a pinch hitter. That's right. To bring so Ryan in Smith, righty, the lefty from Princeton, strikes him, strikes him out, yeah, and puts down that threat, and so it's kind of like – we were on the edge of our seat. Were we able to do it? And then in the end, Darian Williams was able to close the door, get the save. We win the season. Started the season with a win. End the season with a win. I don't think, like, looking at the scoreboard, there's nothing on there that jumps off to me other than Jose Reyes' two-run home run, I believe is what it was. And the pitching was great. Just across the board, the pitching was great. We got William Holmes coming in. What, did he get seven strikeouts? How many did he have here? Six six strikeouts but that was only in three innings so he was getting two strikes strikeouts an inning mm-hmm. and if there's something Connor and I were sitting in the booth and Skyler was sitting next to us with the window open in the next booth and the whole time we were just crazy like the fastball was working his curveball is electric
1: it's nasty No
2: one could hit it and you can see by that stat line he gave up a home run I believe yeah he gave up a home run. And that was just a laser down the line that got out. But William Holmes and then giving it up to James Varela, then Ryan Smith, then Darian Williams, all of them worked off of each other.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we've been saying this last little bit since William Holmes has been here is he's the real deal. I mean, there's times where I think he's going to hit the batter and then it just breaks into the zone. And, his, yeah, his curveball is freaking filthy.
2: He. There were times the batters, too, they kind of like ducked or flinched at a uh-huh. curveball that was called strike. Yep. So if that gives you at least a little bit of a picture of what this guy does. But then again, he also goes, and his first time batting, goes three for three and mashed the ball.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, William Holmes is is definitely one of the prospects, I would say, is on the up and up. Definitely keep an eye out for him. We'll see if he's here next year. I mean, he was drafted last year in the fifth round, and then I think they just shut him down and just kind of rehabbed him in Arizona, got him some rest since he had pitched – that whole year previously. Um, so, anyway, drafted him 2018 in the fifth round and then just barely came back up from Arizona at the last, the tail end of this season, and I think that was also because he was rehabbing something.
3: Something I wanted to point out from this last game <clears throat> was that Molrine had three caught stealings in oh, one yeah. game, which was amazing. And I think he's just a great defensive player, and it's cool to see that still developing. Anthony Mulrine, one of those
2: guys in the clubhouse, I'd say he's a clubhouse-slash- a bench presence. He's just a funny dude, always joking. There's not really like too many times where he's like a serious dude. He's just always kind of like joking, whether he goes 0 for 4, kind of having fun, making light of situations.
1: Unless he's arguing with the umpire about a call. Yeah. A few times. Yeah.
2: And then he also had, so he had those three caught stealings, had a pop-up that he caught behind the plate that was kind of, it was a pretty good catch. I'll say that. That was actually, that
1: was definitely probably his best game of the year I've seen because, you know, we've seen some games where, Moran's kind of struggled a little bit, had some pass balls, had some stuff get by him, but then, I mean, yeah, he was just lasering those things down to second base, and it was it was very cool to see him play like that the last game of the season.
2: And so we talked about pitching, and we talked about Anthony Ryan. One thing you need to do is kind of correlate your pitching to your catcher. The catchers up in this this league and in this part of the game, professional baseball, they're calling their own games. They're not looking into the dugout. They're not having a pitching coach call games for them. It's Anthony Mulrion and William Holmes, James Varela, Ryan Smith, and Darian Williams. He's telling them what he thinks the best pitch in the situation is. So he called a good game, as we see right there, all the strikeouts that accumulated from that game. And he had good defensively, blocked a lot of balls. I don't think any got past him. That were significant. Yeah, I don't think so either. And so he did. Basically, had one of the perfect catching games. If unless he would have gone four for four, it would have had the perfect catching game. Called a gem. Caught stealing, got three of those, and was able to. Did he produce with? Did he get any hits that game?
3: He didn't. No.
2: So if he would have gotten hits, he would have been the perfect catching game. Basically.
0: Let's not forget Molrind... Has a zero ERA this year True. as a pitcher as well. Yeah,
2: that was all coming off of a pitching relief appearance the day before.
1: <laughs> That's right, and you know it was it was so close as well. We got to talk about him, Jeremiah Jackson, one home run away from breaking the Pioneer League record. He was only able to tie the season, but had seven days to do
0: it. Yep, and he, he did. He had to. a
1: week to do it, and he couldn't get it done, but. Man, that one shot that came off his bat that last game, we all thought it was out. There was actually someone who came into the booth to talk to us about something, and we were like trying to help him. And as soon as we saw that thing come off the bat, we just all stopped. And we were like, get out! Get out! And it just
2: barely hit the top of the wall and stayed in the park. It was It was a little bit of a heartbreak. It was basically like a frozen rope that we saw. I saw it come off the bat. I heard the sound. It was his third at bat when this happened. And so I saw it come off, and I was just – I jumped up right as it happened, and I was just trying to, like, do all I could to push that thing further. It didn't look like he had it all, but it just kept going, and it hit, like, half a foot below the pad to go over the – and it was ultimately a double and ultimately keeps the tie, doesn't break the record this year. Yeah,
0: and he just happened to – he just had to hit it to this deepest part of the field too. Yeah, exactly. If he pulls that – that's into the pond, or it's over on the grass-seeding berm out in the left left center field. Oh, yeah. Bye. But instead, he hits it to deep, just straight
2: center field. And Nathan, did you get stats on that hit?
3: Yeah, so I think it was somewhere around 99 miles an hour for exit velocity and hit 417 on um, the like expected distance. Jeez. Yeah,
2: so basically our stat cast had it... <laughs> And to get out there, I think it's like 420 is what the home run to dead center is. Yeah, you hit just a couple feet below
0: (laughs) the home run line fence out there. So it's a shame, but what a season for J.J. and just absolute power and tying Greg Morrison's record set in 1997 with the Medicine Hat Blue Jays.
2: So. The Medicine Hat Blue Jays.
0: Yeah, come on. Respect it. Sorry, my bad.
1: I don't, I'm not up to date on my uh, Pioneer League history.
2: Oh, you were so, telling yeah. us how big of a minor league guy you were before this, huh? Uh, yeah. Don't know about the Medicine Hat Blue Jays. I didn't lie on my resume. <laughs> 1997,
0: who were shut down because they weren't a very good team. And nobody <laughs> went to their games. Yep. Except who for thought?
1: that guy that broke the home run league.
2: or the He was the only run guy running. who showed up. Out of the whole team and fans, only one guy who showed up. <laughs> That's why they were so bad.
3: I was gonna say, just on another point here, you guys were talking about Jeremiah Jackson, and to talk about the season that he had, um, he—I mean—he was just in the top ten for a ton of categories offensively. First in home runs, first in RBIs, he was second in ex- extra base hits, first in total bases, fourth in runs, he was fourth in slugging, fifth on an uh, OPS, and eighth in hits. Like. He was just, I mean, he was named an the end of season. First in strikeouts. Yeah. No, actually, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. Uh, yeah. So good for him. Yeah, um, changed that around from the middle of the season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was named an end of season All Star, and I think uh, he has a bright future.
2: Controversial, though. We were talking to Michael about this Jeremiah Jackson not winning Pioneer League MVP, instead, Colin Simpson winning Pioneer League MVP. Talk about that right now. Anyone have any problems with that? Um, yes and no. I mean,
1: the thing is I, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of factors go into an MVP, and one of those is team wins. And so we see that when there's a team that's doing better than us, has a player like Colin Simpson, it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, with the stuff that JJ produced this year – for this team and to get them to where they end, where we ended up, I think he was a little bit more deserving personally. But um, and obviously I'm biased, but at the same time, I, I mean, I get where they're coming from. Where I mean, we see it all the time in every sport where people think that one guy deserves an MVP MVP over another, but because that guy's
2: team is has more wins, they're like, well, obviously he's making more of a difference. I think to that point where it's saying. Our team is bad. Our team was as good as we are in part because of J.J. He kept us in a ton of games with his home runs. He was the reason him, Deshaun early in the season when he wasn't struggling. Towards the middle, we kind of struggled when Deshaun struggled. But J.J., he kept us in a lot of games with late-inning home runs, multi-home run games, and we saw that throughout the season where it kind of, I feel like, correlated a little bit with J.J., and how our season went, so if we were talking about a player, if we took JJ off our team, think of all the home runs, think of all the runs that go down because of that,
1: and I and I completely agree with you, I'm just trying to do it from an outsider's perspective, but no, I completely agree, because we saw, how many, did we have like four or five games this year, like you were saying, where JJ kept us in it, and then Solog hits a walk-off win, mm-hmm. like, it seemed like it happened so many times this season, and you're right, like, our team would not have been what they were without JJ and especially in the second half like th- we suddenly started winning and we were all like what is this and yeah that was a big part of it was those like you said those late inning home runs from from Jeremiah getting
2: those runs in mm-hmm. so i was just thinking if we did take JJ out who who's replacing him and it's it's Will Wilson so will wilson goes plays shortstop then you lose will wilson's bat basically and replace will wilson with Kevin Arias, Morgan McCullough, Jose Quezada. Huge difference right Very there. Very huge. So and we're just trying to paint a picture here. Yes, Colin Simpson did great. Was he the batting leader, the batting champ of the Pioneer League this year?
3: No, that was Doyle with the Rockies. He hit three eighty three. Oh so exactly.
2: T- well and you t- see how many games well, was that?
1: Okay. Fifty one. But you also see Christian Koss is above him on his own team before you get down to Colin Simpson at number seven. So, I mean, that's where I say, in, in my opinion, I totally agree with you, Quinn, that I, I don't think that he was as deserving as, as JJ. But
2: Yeah, so Colin Simpson, he kind of just had like a bad couple weeks, though, is what it was because talking to Kyle when they were here even, which was almost two weeks ago, he was saying that Colin Simpson was just kind of having a slow time in September, the end of September, but Colin Simpson still produces defensively he plays multiple positions first catcher every outfield position on the at the that the dish he hits over 300 he is a power hitter he had over 20 home runs right or where was he 18 okay so he was hitting right around 20 home runs 18 is what he finished with so and he's about a producer 50 RBIs, 50 RBIs which where's JJ had 60 yeah, so put that in perspective. J.J. had the most RBIs. He had 50. So the guy also had speed. He went from second to third on plays where most people end up on doubles. So Colin Simpson, very deserving of it. In my opinion, not as a homer because I never picked J.J. in any of my uh, <laughs> our bold predictions. But that doesn't take anything away with how I feel about J.J. J.J. was the best player in the Pioneer League the best batter in the Pioneer League, and I think they docked him because of his average and his strikeouts. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And that was our game of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we kind of just go off for everything, <laughs> which is okay. This is fluid, like this a is, river. Hey, it's the last episode of the season. Uh, we can do whatever we want. Don't have an interview today, unfortunately. Shirts uh, are untucked, shoes off. Yeah. A Bunch of us are sick, so Nathan's got a shirt
0: off. Literally half of us are He's sick. Wearing his mandals. <laughs> He's got a chainsaw. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> Raiding the concessions for leftover drinks. <laughs> I it's think a party it's here at the Alzheimer's. Skylar took
2: one of the chairs in the bleachers.
0: <laughs> Wait, you did? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be fun riding on the train back home with that. <laughs> <laughs> that seat. But amidst all this, uh, what are some like other highlights that we've seen as a whole from just kind of our time with the Owls here in this last week that we've seen? Who would you kind of attribute to this hitting? There were some struggles, but we also saw some triumphs. There
1: were, and something that was really cool was, you know, it seems like the Angels kind of do this every year where they bring in some last-minute guys the last, like, 10 to 15 games of the season, and we saw that with – People like William Holmes, Jose Reyes, Jose Guzman, all the Jose's, basically, um, or a third of the Jose's, and um, anyway, brought in some, brought in some new guys, some fresh guys who had just been playing in Arizona, brought them up. And it was interesting to see how much of an impact they actually made. There was some guys who weren't even on the active roster. They just sent them here because maybe they're planning on sending them here next year. Who knows? But what was really cool to see is some of these guys came in and already made an impact. We've already been gushing over William Holmes because he's just nasty on the mound. It's awesome to see. But then you had guys like Jose Reyes and Jose Guzman who were pretty electric out in the field. And then, Who was it that hit the two-run homer? Was it Guzman Reyes? Was it Reyes? Yeah, who hit the two-run homer the last game. So, like, already coming in and making a difference for this team. So, I think that was something that was really cool in this last, like, little bit of our time here.
2: I'll say a big contributor was Jose Reyes. So, in the ten games, roughly, that he was here, he put up three home runs. And, I don't know, average might not have been there. But the two home runs that he did hit at home, because he hit one away, I believe – So the two home runs he did hit at home were big contributors to us winning games. Yeah,
1: and, I mean, his average wasn't – I mean, it's a small sample size, but his average wasn't far off from some of our leading hitters like Jeremiah hitting 266. Jose Reyes was hitting 263. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, for the at-bats that he did have, they were all pretty much quality at-bats.
2: So I'd say Jose Reyes and, you know, I'll say William Holmes. William Holmes was my guy that I'm going to go for. He's the guy who I think produced the best in the last week. And he'll be like my player of the week just because of how good he was pitching and hitting.
3: For me, I'm, I've talked about this before, but I think Morgan McCullough is my player of the week. Um, this is a guy, again, he got sent up at the beginning of the season after playing a full college season, had a rough time in Burlington, got sent back down. And that's something that can definitely hurt a player's confidence. But he came back. He produced really well. He connected with a ton of the guys and was willing to fill in into a bunch of different spots in the infield for us when players got hurt. Um, he ended the season hitting .263, um, and for him, I think that's that's a big win. I think he's my player of the week.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morgan McCullough was a really cool guy to see this last week as well just because, I mean, when you're not even playing for the postseason anymore and you're just playing games just to finish out the season, it's hard to, to get out there and, and try your hardest. But Morgan McCullough was getting out there, getting hits, Stealing bases. He was doing a lot. It was, I think he had some family in town because when we were here at the games, man, when he got up to the bat, they were
2: wild. And it was cool to see him have that support as well. Yeah, I think a big thing about him too, earlier in the season, we've talked about this on the podcast the last couple of weeks, about how he flipped from having a poor defense to his defense at third, which we, I think is his new position. Third base is his go-to position now because he is – pretty dominant over there at third at sucking up balls and then just firing them across the infield to first to where I had no worries about him playing there. So when you're not having to worry like we do with maybe some of these other guys, Jose Verrier, who's an outfielder by trade, and then put at third, and we see him even still making errors that he shouldn't be making, we see Morgan McCullough come in and don't have to worry about that. We know that he is solid at third, second, and can play short if needed.
3: And I just wanted to make a note. So it actually wasn't family that was here. Um, when he they went out to Grand Junction, um, or Morgan had been out there before because he went to the JUCO World Series out there. And his host family, they saw that he was there, and they were like super excited. And so they drove all the way out here to Orham to watch him play and cheered him on. So oh, I mean really that's cool. really cool. Just a host family from the the world the JUCO World Series. They wanted to keep cheering him on.
1: That's awesome, yeah. Because I mean, there was anytime he did anything, that
0: guy was going crazy. So it was really cool to see that. Yeah, good for him. Definitely a good just batter to have at the bottom of the lineup. He had a lot of key hits, a lot of good doubles, and just kind of that sneaky hitter at the bottom of the lineup, really filling in because we've missed Brandon White a little bit this last week, and be able to see McCullough kind of also take
2: that mantle down at the bottom of the lineup and his roommate, the yeah. electric down there. <laughs> Brandon White's roommate kind of take over for him as the producer at the bottom of the lineup, but I mean there was no, no time at the plate that was too big for him. He'd get in there whether it was two outs in the ninth where we were down by three, gets on base. He would long at bats. He kind of did like you said the Brandon White approach where he did whatever he needed to to get on plate or to get on get on base. And so Morgan McCullough, he I guess he was like more like a grinder. He kind of I don't know, call it gritty is what it was. He's not the tallest, not the most athletic guy. but Scrappy and gritty. Scrappy and gritty. <laughs> He's not, yeah, like I said, he just gets at it and does whatever he needs to to get on base or get the outs. So I think kind of something I wanted to sum
0: up here real quick to ask you guys, I think we're all in agreement with this of basically our team silver slugger is the award we'd always give at my high school to the best hitter. I think we're in agreement that Jeremiah Jackson – by far, the Owls' best hitter for the season.
2: Yeah. Yep. No No question. But know. if we were going to talk about, like, the most consistent throughout the year, who do we have right there? Just because we have guys who were up and down. Uh, I mean, even Jeremiah, who hit as good as he did, had his downs, was below 250 at points. Deshaun Knowles, who started over 300, was below 250. So that's I mean, the problem.
1: Is we really didn't have anyone who was the most consistent. I would say who was the most consistent in a period of time that they were here was Adrian Rondon. Pretty much any time he got up to bat, I wasn't super worried because either he was gonna, he didn't, I don't think he had a ton of strikeouts while he was here. yeah He only had three. And so, oh, sorry, no, 21. That's my bad. I was looking at <laughs> the wrong statistic, but even still, like. For the amount of at-bats he had while he was here, that's a pretty low percentage, but he Even he
2: struggled a little bit. He started off 0 for 8, I believe, or 0 for 7. That's true. 7. He did struggle at first, but then once he
1: kind of found his stride, like I didn't worry about him. Every time he went up to bat, like he was a solid hitter.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'd also, again, throw Brandon White in there, like we've always talked about.
2: Yeah, so Brandon White, I, uh, we always talk about how Brandon White... I think Brandon White might be the most consistent. His average never hovered too far down because he would always bring it back up. I can't remember any times – I mean, he started off a little slow with getting at bats and really getting on base. but I feel like he might have been hitting better on the road at
1: first or something because to have that that overall average of two eighty one, we didn't really see him hit a lot at home. And then suddenly he started picking it up at home. But something else that's really cool for Brandon White is we always talk about how freaking fast he is, and he's ninth in the league for stolen bases with 11. So. And
2: that's a guy who didn't play every day. He – Him and Deshaun Knowles alternated playing left and center field, and there's times where Jose Verrier might have taken over his left field, Johan Sala. So he only played, I'd say, like two-thirds of the games. So,
3: yeah. He played 61 games, but, yeah, that last week, hit a couple games taken away from him um, and just wasn't able to play those last week games. Um, But, you know, he's just – going to get better and hopefully come back next year
2: yeah and what we can see from that is the angels he's one of those guys that they just like that they see that i mean when you let a rookie from college play as much as he did and alternate with Deshaun Knowles in playing center field too you kind of you see that this is a guy that they have kind of high on their their list of this could be a guy who could produce higher up
1: yeah you guys have for a uh, pitcher who's your pitcher this season
2: Matt Leon, Matt Leon, he is my pitcher of the year just because how consistent he was. He had a below four ERA, so he finished off the season with a 3.64 ERA, 68 strikeouts, 230 average against, which is crazy in a hitting league like we're in right now. And you ready for this, boys? I don't a think you guys are ready whip. for this. A whip kidding. of <sighs> 1.17. Oh, that third whip. Ended with third in the league. Third in league for
0: whip. I wish we had a bolero in here just cracking a whip every <laughs> time you said whip. <laughs> <laughs>
2: whip. <laughs> so he was third in, I believe, third in ERA, third in whip, first in average against, and seventh in strikeout for a guy who doesn't top, who tops out around 90, 91. That's great. I mean, we get a guy who played a little bit in Burlington earlier in the season, and then gets sent down here to get a little more reps. And we saw that they worked. <laughs> his his reps were they were working because now he can go up to Burlington with more more. I mean, like confidence, really. If anything, he gets confidence out of this season to help him with when he goes up or whatever he does next and wherever he goes. Yeah, I think that was the things like Matt Leon was our most consistent
0: pitcher this year starting pitcher every time he went up you knew what you were getting and for the most part he didn't have a whole lot of like really bad outings but for the most part he was really consistent throughout the year and those stats that Quinn just uh, read off really are a testament to that and so he was by far our ace of the
2: staff for the year yep you knew four innings about one run a couple strikeouts three or four
3: I think something that was cool was um, if you look at his ground outs versus fly outs, it was like 1.34. So he's getting the ball on the ground, which is definitely, I mean, in this league when the ball flies so well as it does, keeping it on the ground and making sure that your infielders can play it, I mean, that's perfect. So
0: Especially in an era where launch angle and everything is all the craze, like keep the ball down, like you're going to be successful and like let your defense do the work, especially on your infield. That's where your really good defenders are, and so – let them do their job. Yeah, and I think someone
1: else too that we didn't talk too much about cuz I feel like he didn't start at home a ton was
0: Emile the milkman.
1: The milkman and leche milk- de hombre. Ujman. Yeah, lechero, milkman. <laughs> he Yeah, I mean, he had a he was ninth in the league for ERA at 4.82 and uh, 1.25 whip. So, I Ooh. mean, he really, by the end of the season, he had some decent outings. I just think he struggled a little bit. Um, some games here and there where, yeah, he just he gave up some runs. But, um, yeah, I think Guzman definitely deserves some honorable mentions here when we're talking about starting pitchers.
3: Plus, yeah. his walk-up song was pretty fire.
1: That's true. His walk-up song was fire. It was yeah. always jamming to that one.
0: Yeah, he didn't have a lot of starts at home. He was pretty much a road warrior most of the season. So, we yeah. didn't get to get to see him very much here at home, but –
2: we enjoyed when we did yep. the five foot eight guy who can throw over 92 94 miles per hour. Yep, one guy I think we need to talk about, underrated, who I think was a huge key to our success Andrewton Simmons <laughs> <laughs> for the whole two games that he played. <laughs> the whole two games here, and I,
0: and I think we lost one of those. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, he bought us, st- he bought the
1: player's
2: steak. He didn't buy but a steak. He didn't buy, yeah, he didn't a, steak. buy a steak. He, he should have bought a, a steak. <laughs> but
1: he is the he is the batting average leader for the Owls this season at five hundred. So, <laughs> so it's that's good on him.
2: <laughs> that's hits. why I'm saying he's my underrated player of the year. <laughs> and and kind of along with the pitching. What were you going to say, Nathan?
3: I was just going to mention. I um, you know we talked about Morgan as a hitter. Um, he probably doesn't have a good future as a pitcher. Um, he True. ended with a 189 ERA. 189. <laughs> 189 ERA. Um, I mean, it was a rough outing for him on Friday night. But
1: To be fair, he was begging Jack to take him out. He's like, whenever you're ready, just pull me. <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, it was a rough game. But um, just uh, and going to relievers, I think someone we need to mention was Daison Cole, who spent the whole season here with us, ended up with a 303 ERA, um, and he ended up having 45 strikeouts and a 1.6 whip. Ooh.
1: and he spent i, I I'm, I'm really hoping he moves up next season because he also spent about half the season with us last year so he's he's definitely proven himself as a pitcher where he was an outfielder in college and then I think his college from what I understand moved him over to pitcher just to see how it how it went and then the angels drafted him as a pitcher so <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is, like, who would be our reliever of the year for the Owls as well? We, Dazon Cole. Had a Zach
2: Christopher, Dazon Cole, Kelso. Shane Kelso. Uh, maybe Shane Kelso, who played. Greg I mean, Valise. Greg Valise, yeah. who played I mean, 20 Valise, games, basically. Greg,
1: Greg, Greg Valise wasn't here long enough. But Shane Kelso, man, anytime he was coming out on the mound, wasn't worried at all. Yeah, Shane Kelso guy played. started topping like, 97, 98. I was like, holy cow. Played, about,
2: Holy cow. <laughs> played about half the <laughs> season here. Uh, maybe a little bit more. Uh left us shortly around the All Star break though.
0: Yeah. So a good season where we had a lot of good guys down there in the bullpen. They're a tight group, having a lot of fun. That last day of the season. Bunch of weird dudes. Yeah, last <laughs> day of the season they cut off their sli- a bunch of them cut off their sleeves on their like their warm up shirts
2: and stuff, so Suns out guns out like the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> yeah. So you see big guys like Jacob Voss and some shorter guys like a Milker Guzman wearing like tank tops basically. <laughs>
0: And kind of moving along now, let's move on to the kind of around the league. They're in the playoffs now, but we'll kind of finish off here with the end of the season standing. So this is the their records as a whole, not just the second half. So Missoula, looks like they had the top record up in the north. They were at 40 and 36. Billings was at 39 and 37. So they ju- Missoula just barely got that crown <laughs> for the year. Uh, Great Falls is at 34 and 40, and Idaho Falls, <laughs> after starting the season like 13 and one or Cluck, something yeah. like that, yeah, uh, coming last in their division at 34 and 41. Man, Sirens. that's actually
1: that's. I was gonna say it's a bummer for Missoula, just kind of going back to that a little bit because, yeah, they can say they had the best overall record in that division, but they didn't make the place se- the uh, postseason. They didn't make the playoffs, so it's kind of all for naught in yeah. that in that
2: regards. You gotta feel so bad that they, the first they lost to Idaho Falls barely. I think they lost to him by maybe a game mm-hmm. because at the last game of the season, Idaho Falls ended up playing a doubleheader and won one of those games, which ended up put them over. So when you're basically tied with one game left to play and you have two games and the other team has one, of course, you're kind of just mad at the scheduling for that yeah. one. But and then you end up doing really good in the second half. But then Billings goes on to take the second half, Pioneer League, basically, overall record. When they were just about three games behind them in the second half as well. And they were... Did they win more than them and Ogden? I believe Billings did better than Ogden in the second half. And so you kind of go against this team that's a juggernaut and winning the second half. I'm
1: pretty sure Missoula pretty much stayed in second place for their division the entire year, so... That's that's a rough one.
3: Missouri went 20 and 18 in the first half, and they went 20 and 18 in the second half. So <laughs> it's consistency. consistency. The most but consistent then, uh, team
0: in the Pioneer League, Missoula Osprey. I mean Osprey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry,
2: Jack.
0: <laughs> and so then here in the South, as we've talked about, Ogden just Boo. walloped. They went <laughs> 54 and 22 Jeez. for the season with Grand Junction coming in next, 15 games back at. 38 and 36 with the Rocky Mountain Vibes in their inaugural season, coming in third with 32 and 43. And then the
2: Owls coming in at 30 and 46. So Just 24, 24 games, games back. back, yeah. That, we could have done that. Give us another 40 games, we could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's doable. It's doable. <laughs> so but, that was the yeah. entirety of the Pioneer League
0: standings for this season. And kind of looking at the playoff picture at the moment, So we have Idaho Falls and Billings up in the north currently playing. in Idaho Falls, these are best of three games. And so the first seed team gets
2: to choose where and how many games. Yeah. So they – Billings, I guess, decided they wanted to play at home first and then go to Idaho Falls. I think Idaho Falls gets to choose. Yeah, I think Idaho Falls is the
1: first seed because they won the first half.
2: Okay, so they chose one game in Billings.
1: They don't get to choose where and how many. They just get to choose where they want to play two games. So it's it's one in one location and two in another location, and obviously you're going to choose home field advantage if you have the choice. So typically they'll go on the road, the first seed team, to the other stadium, and then they'll come back for two if necessary to their own stadium.
2: Which Idaho Falls chose Billings for the one game and home for the two. And in yesterday Sunday's game, which is the Pioneer League playoffs, started Sunday. Idaho Falls shocks Billings by winning two to zero and their only runs coming basically from a solo shot, I believe, and I don't remember how the second one came, but it was a pitching duel. They had one of their relievers basically start the game, Wei Ying Tang, or however you say his name. I'm not really Wang. Wang. Mm-hmm not really, like, familiar with the North and how most of their pitchers and their players, how good they were, but they were going against the Pioneer League pitcher of the year, basically. And you can kind of see it, only two runs, but unfortunately, Billings was unable to get any more runs off of Idaho Falls. So the upset goes to Idaho Falls.
1: Yep, that was that was actually pretty shocking, especially with how dominant Billings had been in that second half. I thought they... I thought it was a pretty clear, uh, clear shot that they were gonna just sweep the Chuckers in this series. But Chuckers are, have some fight in them, so
0: good on them. Yeah, maybe they were just saving it all for the end. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's just how always playoff baseball works—is just all of a sudden games become really tight, really competitive. Yeah, and you see a lot of pitching duels and stuff. So, it's
1: are really you saying that people
0: out. don't try during the regular season? What? What? <laughs> Why aren't you trying here? <laughs> and so, and then here in the South, the Raptors they chose to ha- start one game down in Grand Junction, and then they'll play two in Ogden and Grand. As we kind of expected, uh, a very close game though. Uh, the Raptors take the first game of their series two to one against the Grand Junction Rockies. Mm-hmm. Another, we said, pitchers duel where Ogden is able to take the lead in the top of the ninth to, for the win. So, And I wonder – I'm just looking at this,
1: the box score right now that I wonder if Grand Junction would have won that game if they could have eliminated those
0: three errors. It could have been, yeah. Could have been part of it. A bunch
2: of ifs or could have been with errors. And yep. one of the hard things about it is you need to play, especially in the Pioneer League where it's best of three, two series, you need to play perfect baseball. And giving up errors is – Really costly to a team that juggernaut like Ogden is. And giving up walks is, as we see in the
0: sixth, where bases loaded and Jeremy Orocho gets a walk to score their first run. So if you don't give up that run, then Andrew Shafts hits a homer in the top of the ninth to tie it. And then you have the opportunity to walk it off in the bottom of the ninth or send it to, to extras. So walks will kill you, especially with bases loaded. Yeah. Yeah. That was like I think it was like a week ago I saw
1: it was I was watching the game down in the office between the Angels and the A's and Angels bases loaded and they walked like four runs before pulling the pitcher. It was it was really rough to see.
2: <laughs> but seeing these two series now, we can make predictions off of this now. Is Idaho Falls going to continue their Cinderella story and beat Billings? I'm
1: gonna say no on that one. I think Billings just had a rough game. I think they're going to come out strong these next two games, and I think they're going to take it.
2: Okay. Nathan.
3: I think Billings, yeah, will eventually take it. Um, it'll be a hard fought series. I think Idaho Falls definitely wants to win, but I, I think. No, yeah, I don't want <laughs> I mean, if they advance on, I don't think they'd be dogged in.
2: Okay.
0: I think I'm going to give it to Idaho Falls because they've already got the one win under the belt, so they have the advantage in a best of. Best of three, so they just have to win one more, whereas Billings now has to win two in a row as well. And so in Idaho Falls, they'll be at home, so got a little bit of the home field magic there, home field advantage. So Home cooking. Yeah, a little bit of that home cooking over in Idaho Falls. So I think Idaho Falls is probably going to kind of ride that shutout that they just had and ride it into another victory whenever they play again.
2: I mean, what Idaho Falls is why... This is the reason why I think Idaho Falls wins this series is because they just came off of a shutout against the number one pitcher in the Pioneer League. And what you do next is you just take that. You're home, so you're going against your home crowd. you kind of back in your own bed. get to come play two games, so you know the first one, you're not as stressed. Billings has all the stress. The ball is in their court. They know they need to win. Idaho Falls comes. If you lose, you still get another game. And I feel like there's... Less writing, and there's less pressure on Idaho Falls to win compared to Billings, who they had the best second-half record. They had the best pitcher. And so I feel like this is why Idaho Falls will win.
1: So I just want to rebuttal those arguments just a tiny bit. Um, (laughs) Quindle, give me that look. This is debate (laughs) class. (laughs) Bing, bing. Um. Oh, the only reason I want to – maybe argue that point a little bit is because I feel like we might have seen – I know falls and what (laughs) happens to them when they get a little too comfortable as we saw in that first half where they were just winning so much and they were going undefeated and they kept that train going and then all of a sudden they just dropped. And that could have been with call-ups. That could have been with a number of different factors, but it could have also been with comfortability. And I wonder if that's what's going to happen is you're right. They have less pressure. And so because of that now they're going to be too comfortable and they're going to give up some runs and they're going to give up some games.
0: So who knows? Anything can happen. It's baseball. We'll so true.
2: And now going down to Ogden and Grand Junction. How many runs does Ogden win by tonight or their <laughs> next game? <laughs>
1: I actually think I think Grand Junction is going to take one from them. I think they're going to win this next one. But I think in the end, Ogden is going to take it all the way.
0: Okay. That's kind of the court I'm in is that I know Grand Junction will at least get the one. And then we'll see what happens in that third game should it happen.
2: People forget or maybe not noticed or saw the standings. Before Grand Junction went to go play Rocky Mountain and Ogden came to play us, Grand Junction won a series at Ogden. I believe they won two of the three games or at least two of the four games that they played in Ogden. So Grand Junction coming back, if you're the coach, the manager for Grand Junction, you kind of let your players know that that happened. Remind them of... The time when you guys went there into Ogden, it's not a too big of a situation for them to win in, and you guys can win. It's happened before. And so I still have Ogden winning that. I think Ogden will win the next game to sweep, but there's still a chance that it's not going to be a blowout again because we saw it, 2-1 was the first score. Something close to that will be this next one also.
0: Yeah, so it'll be an interesting matchup between the two of them. And then, do we have any guess who wins it all? Uh, Ogden. Ogden. I actually want to
2: just just to be
0: different. I'm gonna say Billings.
2: You are different.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say Billings just comes out of a uh, surprise nowhere and just they win the they win the whole the whole league the whole championship.
2: Why? What does Billings have that will win it?
1: Um, a cool mascot. Other Heart, home
2: field advantage. Other than a long bus ride. Heart.
1: Home field advantage. <laughs> Horses. A desire to win. Uh, they don't have whiners like Ogden, like Andy Pajes <laughs> on their team. <laughs> their mascot is an animal that still exists. <laughs>
3: but do they have a private chef?
1: Probably Ooh. not because they're not the Dodgers and they're just loaded full of money. They just have money kind of coming out of every orifice like the Dodgers organization.
2: Horses are like the workhorse of the animals.
0: Mustangs are cool cars.
1: Clydesdales
2: are strong. So yeah, Raptors all of these dead. factors
0: play into the fact that Billings is taking it all the way.
2: Okay, so connor has got Billings in what he says because they've got guts, and (laughs) Raptors don't because they're all extinct. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Now we use them for gas. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's true. That's never been scientifically proven. (laughs) Okay, debate time now. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so it'll it'll be exciting to see, to keep an eye on the Pioneer League uh, playoffs and see who takes it eventually. But we're going to take a quick break now as we come back for our final
2: segment. Of the final season. Of the Not the final, final season, season, but the, the final episode <laughs> of the first season. One of us has
0: a
3: Where problem. are we going there, Quinn?
2: Disneyland. Disneyland.
0: <laughs> so we'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back here on the Owl's Nest. This is the last segment. Of the last episode. Of the season. Of the first Not the season. last season, just the season. The so, first. if any of you have a tiny violin, you can start playing it. Oh,
2: sorry, I left mine at home. <laughs> or, uh, I only have a tiny cello. <laughs> <laughs> you would be a cello player, Connor.
1: Yeah. Cello players pull, man.
2: It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a banjo player and we don't. <laughs>
0: So, we kind of want to look towards the future. So, we're going to pull out our crystal balls here. Oh, we have a baseball. <laughs> our crystal baseball here. And we're going to look into the future and kind of make our little predictions of, well, who, what are the Owls going to look like next year? Who's going to be here? Who's not going to be here anymore? I um, say getting... we
2: start with who's going to get moved up from this team. Who are the definite call-ups? And then we'll go to who are guys who are on the edge who might get called up? Just based off of, who knows, off-season spring training.
1: Okay, definite call-ups. We all agree with Jeremiah Jackson.
2: Jeremiah Jackson. Yep.
1: Deshaun Knowles. Yep. yep. I think he's moving up. I, I don't think they're going to keep him here another season.
2: Matt Leon is yep. a guy who will play in Burlington next year.
1: Definitely. Who you got, Nathan?
3: I think Sala stays up there.
2: Sala, who got called up just like right before the Arizona League call-ups <laughs> happened literally day the, the day before that yeah. yeah, cuz
1: he left and they came in that same that next day.
3: Yeah. More Ryan, I think he gets called up. You think up, Anthony
2: Ryan goes up?
3: I can
1: yeah. see it. I mean, he just went to instructs instead of going back home.
2: Yeah. So Yeah. I agree with that. I, could I don't actually have any see that. That no problems with that one.
1: Looks like our stadium's getting invaded by people for a uh high school camp game. Awesome. We
2: have parents moving or, into the stands. Elementary uh, school game right yeah. now. They look like elementary school kids. <laughs> true. could be. Anyway, but um, after those guys, though, is Brandon there really – Brandon, Brandon White. I, I think Brandon White will go up.
1: Yeah. I don't know if he's a definite, but I think more than likely he'll go up. The other one here's, – here's one I wanted to pose you guys real quick because I think this is a little bit of a debate. Will Wilson. Here's why I say this is a little bit of a debate. Yes, he's the first-round pick. Yes, he did very well at the beginning of the season, but then struggled very very hard right before he got sent back down to Arizona and played three seasons of college ball, so he's a little bit older. What do you guys think? Is he coming back or is he getting I think he'll
2: be here a little bit. Just because of how his season ended, I think that that will be the reason why he'll play at least – he'll probably go to extended spring training – Mm-hmm. and then come here for, I will say, no more than two to three weeks, and then they'll evaluate him based off that and then send him up to Burlington based off that. So because of that, I think that he will be coming back here just for a little bit.
3: I think another thing you have to look at is how he rehabs um, and how he gets you know better.
2: Mm-hmm. As he puts into his first off season as not having to worry about school. That's true. Lucky. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. You'll have that next year. (laughs) But Will Wilson's one of those guys I think will be back here. One I want to propose, Zach Christofak.
1: I think he's getting called up. I think he's going to move on up. I mean, we saw that he was a, like we said, just a bulldog on the mound. No, I mean, no pun intended, I guess, for his, his alma mater. But he... We we just saw that he was just a grinder on the mound and I think that's what they're looking for in relievers is guys that you, they can just go out there and count on and so I think he's gonna get called up.
3: Does Daeson get called up?
1: Well, like we talked
0: about before, I think. Yeah, I think Dayson
1: will get called up as well. But if, out of the out of all of our other pitchers, I could see maybe maybe Kelvin Moncion getting called up.
0: About Jacob Voss who's been here with the Owls for his is second season.
1: I could I could see him going to Burlington. I could see him going to Burlington only because yeah, it's the second season with the Owls, and he did struggle a little bit at the first of the of the year. But uh, as we saw the season progress, we saw him just getting better and better. So yeah,
3: and I was gonna say Jerry Eld I think just went to Instructs as well, so we could see him definitely going up.
0: Yeah, so definitely see like we can see a lot of the natural progression for a lot of these guys probably who have been here with the Owls for like a full season or been here for about one and a half, two seasons, where those guys kind of take that natural progression up to the next step and start the year up with Burlington and kind of see where things go and just that continued progression as the guys in those teams get called up, so you need to replenish them and so forth. So it's interesting to see the, the, the trickle and flow of a minor league baseball organization. (laughs) <laughs> kind of the minor league system. Yeah. farm system for a team of just progressing and moving guys along and stuff. So
2: I think a good amount of those guys we talked about being in Burlington, who Kelvin Moncione towards the end like the last guys we mentioned, Jacob Voss, it all depends on how their spring training is. Yep. They might be going to extended spring training too and then just go to Burlington after that. A lot of those guys, I mean to they have already – Burlington's one of those teams where they're also kind of a transient team trying to move guys up and move guys down that towards the end of the seasons, when they actually get a real roster. So they have opportunity for these guys to play in there. And they're a full season, so they start in April. So we'll see what happens. Some of these guys might get their April, like Zach Christofax, the Jeremiah Jackson, Deshaun Knowles. And a lot of these guys will get their extended spring training starts to wind down.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And it'll be interesting, too, to see some, maybe some of these guys who might even return this year. Uh, the ones I'm really interested to see are some of the guys we already mentioned, like William Holmes, who he'll, he didn't play very much here, but he was also drafted last year as a two-way player. So um, I'm not sure if we'll see him next year, but it'd be great if we did because he is – A great player and then also some of those guys like we were mentioning that came in and immediately made it made a difference like jose reyes where he only played 10 to 15 games here but it'd be it'd be cool to see if we see him again next year
3: i was gonna say we'll probably see trent DeVoe here again another bohemian which would be cool to have on the team just keep that a tradition right
1: yeah yeah that would be really cool but i yeah and like quinn mentioned a lot of this comes down to how these guys look at spring training because a lot of us we're talking about how Jacob Voss most likely wasn't going to be back this year. And then apparently he had a really rough spring training. So that's why we saw him again. So it, it really does all depend on how these guys do in spring training and, and what they're looking like coming into the
0: season. Yeah. It's so hard to predict a lot of this stuff because we're just what, three interns and then Connor. <laughs> hey, so a sales guy. <laughs>
2: yeah. <Hey. laughs>
1: I'm not a scout I like to pretend to be one, but I'm not,
2: I am a scout. You guys didn't know that though. Well, okay. An intern scout. Well, okay. Aren't you an eagle scout? <laughs> no. I am. Nerd. <laughs>
0: Nerd.
3: I think the real question is: Is Simmons coming back next year?
0: Hopefully not.
1: <laughs> Hopefully we see someone else on rehab. Yeah. No, <laughs> Mike Trout.
2: <laughs> yeah. See, get him a time in the Oramals organization at least. Probably. Exactly. He's the
1: only. He's one of the only ones that skipped. Jerk. Yeah. (laughs) But it would also have to be, like, a perfect storm, like how we got Simmons, where everyone else was on all-star break. So
2: Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. The
1: the rest of the organization was on all-star break, and so they were like, well,
2: Orem's still playing. Send him there. Mm -hmm. But now going – we talked a little bit. Trent DeVoe, Jose Reyes, William Holmes, guys, we could come back. William Holmes is one of those guys. He could go straight up to Burlington. He's that good. And – Looking on to next year and kind of the organization, they did draft this year. Some guys, the second round draft, the second round of this year's draft, a shortstop. So, a possible Jeremiah Jackson kind of thing going along. Jeremiah Jackson, second round shortstop pick. I don't remember what the kid's name is, but he's a second rounder. He could come up here, maybe spend some time with Will Wilson, who might be coming back. But next year, we're already looking forward to next year. Most of us won't be here. <laughs> 75% of this podcast probably won't be here next year. <laughs> uh, Let's see.
1: Oh, it was uh, Kyron Paris was the second round draft pick.
2: Yeah. I out of I Texas, and Texas and or Paris California, once? or Georgia, or Florida. What's that? I said out of Texas, California, Florida, or Georgia.
1: You got one of them. What do you think it was? You got to pick one. Texas. Nope. California.
2: That's where, that's where all
0: shortstops come from, it seems like. Or that's Alabama.
1: True. Yeah, exactly.
0: Or Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> so. i got to get my train of thought again.
1: <coughs> 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 I just wanted to be a part of something. <coughs> Ugh. Are you dipping now, too?
0: <coughs> so, then favorite moments. Okay. Favorite moments. Yeah. And so kind of moving along here, we're at the end of the season, like we've mentioned.
2: I'm crying. It's just because I coughed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Quinn got us all sick in these past I didn't get Nathan sick yet. Because he hasn't been around us. Not yet. He's been incubated in his own booth <laughs> away from the rest of us in the ops booth. True. <laughs> and I was living with Quinn for the last week, so... Ugh. And I just
2: went into Connor's apartment randomly every night to hover over him while he (laughs) sleeps on
0: him. (laughs) Jokes on you! I knew you were there. (laughs) I just liked it, and he welcomed it. it. (laughs) He left the mat under the key, or the key under the mat for you. (laughs) The mat under the the key under the key. (laughs) So I left the key on top. (laughs) So we just wanted to kind of close it out. Some of our favorite moments of the season here, just whether it was moments in the game or just being here as interns because we had a lot of fun uh, that we never really got to talk about. Like we had staff games and things like that and just kind of messing around here at the field and with Connor in the front office and the other interns. So what were some of your guys' just favorite moments of the season?
1: I think I, I really liked those first – we tried to play three staff games during the year where we'll we'll stay after – we've cleaned up the stadium we've gotten everything pretty much put to bed except for the field and we'll pull out the 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 net and the l screen and um do just like a nice little pickup game of baseball and i think some of those were some of my funnest moments of the season just being able to kind of blow off some steam with the entire staff not even just the interns but also the game day staff that come that work concessions or ushers or whatever
0: so i got to take our general manager rick berry deep yeah that That was was, you
1: did go yard that was
2: cool I was the MVP of that game?
0: No, you
1: were. <laughs> How many errors do you have that game?
2: 2. <laughs> like How many RBIs did I have that game? Many, many RBI. We all had many RBIs. It's BP. I you. had the most.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the whole team had an RBI. We won like 30 to 0.
1: Yeah, that was that wasn't even the game that was like super lopsided. Yeah, super lopsided. That was the second game when we tried to do it as evenly as possible and we put all the best people on one team accidentally. <laughs> we we're like, oh, okay, we gotta we gotta mix up the teams again.
2: Accidentally, it wasn't hard to figure out the system of how the one, team two. One, team was two. one, two, one, two. Okay, you stand here. We'll put this kid in between us. Well, we didn't really uh we didn't really plan it out that
1: much. I mean we had we had a bunch of high school kids to play High school baseball year round that suddenly ended up on our team and we're like you guys should probably go over there.
2: (laughs) Should we do a
3: combine next year? Is that how we should do it? Was what a combine?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, probably. Are you putting money on yourself for next year's combine? I am. Yeah. Scouting. What's your uh, (laughs) scouting? What's your (laughs) sixty yard times?
3: (laughs) Don't worry about it. That's for the scouts to know, not you.
2: (laughs) Nathan's electric on the combines, (laughs) but I guess one of the that was that's up there throwing guys out, gunning kids out at shortstop.
1: Yeah. It was just fun to mess around, too. Like, we try to, you know, do some cool double plays and stuff. Like it was just fun. Just fun Quinn sails it into
2: right field. What? I never did that. I don't even think I had any errors throwing that game, actually. Oh, okay. I was in the outfield. Yeah. But, <laughs> true, Russell was playing first. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one for me is after Sunday game, one of them, it was just basically like three or four of us who did BP with Michael, too. The first time we did that,
3: oh, was that yeah. when we had the, the thunderstorm and everything,
2: yeah,
0: that was yeah. when we had the story. Snyder was throwing a little bit, he was thrown to one of the VIP groups. Mm-hmm. So we had just threw to a couple of us,
2: our I think it was, was it all state or America First winners, the America First winners, the yeah. winner who won they won experience. BP experience on the field. Corey Snyder threw to them, and then I just kind of picked up a bat and started hitting a bunch. <laughs> And then I went, changed, and I think Skyler started hitting. I took Corey Snyder deep as well. And then I think it just turned into us staying later than that. And Michael, the play-by-play, that was the first time he really yeah. joined us. He never did any of the staff games, but this was the well, first time he, he said joined that, us.
1: Honestly, he loves throwing BP. That's what he was saying. Like That's like his favorite thing. Because I guess they do it in Burlington quite a bit when he was there. He, so he did. are his change-ups. Mm-hmm.
0: He God, all he did
1: was throw change-ups. <laughs> he, was, he said that to me even when this last staff game – which this last staff game turned into BP with fielders. like With us. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we didn't have enough people to stay after. But it was still fun. And uh, he was telling me he's like – just to get it over the plate, he just like kept throwing changeups. ups He's like, it's the only thing that's going over the plate for me. <laughs> like, okay, go Gosh. for it. It's his number one pitches and off-speed.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that one was fun because it was – wasn't It was more like BP, where we just kept hitting, and there are guys chasing the balls in the outfield, two of them, basically sprinting from left to right field. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, some of my other favorite moments, I mean, not to gush too much, but I think this podcast was definitely a highlight, because it was just a nice little thing to... <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice little thing that was a little bit different from the norm of the games, and talking to other people about the game. Because, I mean, we, we got a lot more in depth with Nathan doing the stats, and us being a little bit more invested at that point, trying to pay attention to what's going on in the Pioneer League. I mean, you talk to a casual fan, and they don't really know what they're talking about, obviously. I mean, it's like every sport, you talk to a casual fan, and they don't really know what's going on. So it's kind of nice to be able to talk these things out in depth and take a break from, like, the monotony, I guess you could say, of the season where it's just a lot of – you're basically on cruise control just doing a lot of repeat stuff.
3: I think another great thing about doing the podcast is we saw, I mean, little progress here and there. We're doing a weekly check-in on our players on the stats. We can kind of see them grow. We can kind of see them get better. And I think, you know, we realized Brandon White was doing so well because even though he was just a consistent player, we didn't really see it until we saw the stat line, you know. And now, I I mean, he's up there as one of our players of the year.
1: Yeah, and we had some great interviews. We did. We did.
2: Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> good <laughs> yeah, edition. good edition, I point. mean, if we're
2: gonna, I mean, we can go interview of the year. I think mine was Zach Christofak. He was probably the most fun we had. I had at least interviewing a player. He was the one who, I don't know, joked around, had pretty good stories to tell too. I know he's our best friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked Christofak a lot, and Torrey Hunter Jr. I think he was up there. He was just a lot of fun to have on. It was nice to it was nice to catch up with a former Owls player as well, since he was here on rehab.
2: Yeah. Joe Adele didn't come on the podcast no matter how many times I screamed at him from ten rows back at the Bees Game at the Beast game. Has no idea what podcast you're talking about. Just go on the podcast Joe Adele, come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I think Tori Hunter gave us the response of the year with saying Legos and PB&J.
1: That's <laughs> as his, as his favorite off-season and of favorite food?
0: Yeah.
3: I don't know. I think Skyler really liked Will Wilson's favorite movie.
0: <laughs> Gosh. Journey to the center of the year. Brendan Fraser is a national treasure. How dare you? <laughs> That's why he
2: wasn't with the Owls anymore. No,
3: Nicolas Cage is the national treasure.
2: <laughs> True. Uh, just kidding. That was actually pretty Still good. Still <laughs> waiting for <laughs> National Treasure 3. Forever One will day. be.
0: What, happened, what was on that page that the president wanted him to look at? We'll never know. We'll his never know <laughs> his phone number. <laughs> ooh, ooh, saucy! <laughs> they had a fun time in that George Washington cave.
2: <laughs> they just wanted to set up golf trips. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. Another. I mean, Deshaun was a a good interview. All of them were good interviews. All of our interviews are great, honestly. I don't know. Michael's was a little iffy. (laughs) Well, that was our first episode ever. (laughs) It was just Skylar and I and Connor sitting on a couch, basically, in the background.
0: I had other
1: stuff to do, and then I came to check on you guys.
2: Do you guys have water, snacks? What do you guys need? (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Just let me know. (laughs) And Michael. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Thanks,
0: Mom. I think one of my personal favorite moments was, because I want to go into play-by-play broadcasting, so, like... The opportunity that a lot of us had to, like, develop a relationship and, like, friendship with our play-by-play guy, Michael Braskowski. Like, turned into a great guy. I thought he was kind of, (laughs) like, I tried to, like. Turned into a good guy? (laughs) He turned into a good guy. He was awful at the beginning. (laughs) Well, I was, like, nervous. I'm like, I wasn't sure about this guy. And then, like, getting to know him a little more once I got to, like, come hang out here when my car died and I had to quit my job (laughs) at Domino's. And so I had to, like, come hang out here with Quinn. Had to? Yeah. (laughs) Because I had nothing else to do. And, go. like, just getting to know Michael and, like, him giving me the opportunity to join him for some play-by-play on some of his broadcasts and then getting to do a full game with him. Uh, our last Sunday game of the year, so last week. So that was probably one of my personal favorite things. And then I think just the whole internship experience that I was able to have here is probably my – just so many favorite moments. And the friends we made along the way. Don't Are you saying me. that
1: <laughs> other people should apply for internships
2: with the Owls? No. Okay. I'm going to do it every year. <laughs> this is our internship now. <laughs> Quinn will be the head
3: intern. <laughs> it's like the clubby, but for interns. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Quinn and I are just going to show up unannounced next year. We're like, we're here. And I'm just going to go get
2: food from the clubhouse yeah. still.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that was actually my, some of my favorite moments was watching Quinn and Skylar vulture all the food from Quinn. every team. That's true, Quinn. But Skylar following closely behind. I don't
2: know why you guys got on me like that. I mean, it gets thrown away. You just got to take advantage of when it's there.
1: It's so true. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the fact Someone that you did it. It was just the fact that it was like
2: consistent.
1: <laughs> it was consistent, and you, literally, you're like, "Well, gotta go get dinner."
2: Hey, the team's gone. Boop, poke my yeah, head over exactly. the around the door. Hey,
3: <laughs> there's food. I guess that warrants the question: What was the best post-game spread?
2: Oh, yo, that banana pudding, though. Banana pudding from Five Star was by far the best thing that ever came through that door
0: <laughs> the best thing that's ever been in my mouth a chicken parm from apple spice was chicken parm
2: was amazing from apple spice welcome to concessions catch of the day with quinton and skylar <laughs> let me tell you something the problem though with the banana pudding was grand junction got it once in a huge tin like a huge just like tray serving tray and then they finally are like maybe it's not the best idea to give our team pudding like this, so then the coaches got wise and just got it for themselves. So we'd have to wait for that, which that stuff was amazing. Chicken parm was very good. Uh, Cafe Rio was good, just because we ate their tortillas and those tortillas are amazing. No, it was the Costa. Vida, Costa Vita. Tor- Costa Vita. Costa Vita tortillas. Costa Vida tortillas.
0: Same thing. We're trying to shop for sponsors right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get sponsors. We're fishing for
2: them. Apple spice. The chicken parm was, I think, the best thing though. As far as food wise.
0: A lot of good stuff.
2: Phil would tell us differently, the video guy, his favorite thing was the last thing. He was like chicken and noodles. I don't even know. Well,
1: that was I prefer the the Raptor Be- Chef made all of that. So. Yep.
2: He loved anything the Raptor Chef yeah, made. Yeah, he made
1: he liked Chef Rob. That's who he liked.
2: <laughs> chef beard guy? Yep. Chef Beard. <laughs> I've never heard of that pirate. <laughs> yeah. So as far as food wise, that was the best. And now we can talk about our favorite game of the year. What was our favorite game uh, of the 21
0: year? 21-5. <laughs> just kidding. That was awful. Um,
1: I don't know. Honestly, I think, I think my favorite games of the year were the ones where it was when we were struggling in the first half and Johan Sala would come in and hit a walk-off, like base hit. It wasn't even a walk-off home run, but it was just a walk-off base hit. Those were some of the best games because everyone was hype, and it was awesome to see.
2: Yeah, I think I agree. Johan Sala's first walk-off was my favorite. I think that
1: was right after a a Jeremiah two-run homer as well. I believe. Or he tied the game with that, and then we went into extra innings, and then Sala hit a walk-off. Yeah,
2: because Will Wilson got thrown out that game.
1: Oh, that's right. That was the game that him and Frankie got thrown out, Mm -hmm. Franklin Navarro. Him
2: and our first base coach, Franklin Navarro, got thrown out, and then Jeremiah comes in, hits a bomb to right field. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we go to over extras. Deshaun Knowles just got out. So Deshaun Knowles is on second. Johan Sala puts one into right field. Deshaun Knowles scores. First walk-up for the season is the biggest – the first time where we saw them, like, really excited for a win. Yep. So I think that's my game of the week. Or <laughs> game <laughs> of the year. <laughs> game of a week. Game, game of, of a week. week.
3: I'd have to say, um, Jeremiah's three-run home run game was pretty sweet.
1: That was cool. So i uh, be able to game. see that. I think here. it was when it, when we first started kind of putting him in the race too to break the franchise record and then the league record.
3: Yeah, and I mean that was right when we started to heat up, and I think that was a crucial part of it. Um, but yeah, seeing those cool kind of you know once in a night or once in a season kind of nights is fun to watch.
2: That started basically our six game win streak was Jeremiah with that three run or that three home run game.
0: That's true. It's somewhere in there. Yeah, Skyler. I was gonna ask Connor. What? Okay, I'll go.
1: <laughs> I already said mine.
0: Yeah, he already said he his. He did. Was,
1: yeah, it was the same. I, I was the one that mentioned the Johan Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Quinn diff- just copied me. I've been watching. But he gets these- all the credit. I've been watching the kids throw outside. I think mine was. I just lost <laughs> the one game where we basically just spanked the Raptors, and like it was a thirteen or we blew we had a blowout of them. Um,
1: Are you talking about the first game of this last series? Basically? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where we just put the hurt on them, I'd love to see that, uh, especially against. You just love to see like a team that's kind of struggled, and kind of the underdogs taking on the evil empire, uh, <laughs> s- s- very Star Wars esque. And <laughs> wait, you were for the rebels in that? Oh yeah, <laughs> and I with, wanted the droids to win. Or <laughs> really, because that was part of those times near this last part of the season where we've seen the team. Good offense, great pitching, and just putting together complete games, and they look like a complete real team um, that you want to see on a consistent basis. So that's probably one of my favorite. And just I'm always love a good pitcher's duel too, but
2: it's probably my favorite one. I like walk-off bombs to myself. Not a big fan of pitcher's duels, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that'll come to
0: the end. That brings us to the end of the Owl's Nest Season one. Hopefully Connor can keep it going next year with some... Season two to come, and possibly some off-season
1: episodes if need be.
0: So Connor, what should people do if they want to come work for the Owls? They should
1: email me at... It's connor at oramowls with a Z dot com. And um, yeah, just send me your resume and tell me what you're interested in doing.
3: Is that a Connor with an E or a Connor with an O? It's
1: Connor with an O because I spell it correctly.
3: Good. Just want to correct that your for the Your mom spelled it,
2: not you.
1: Yeah, but I
0: acknowledge.
1: You spell
2: thing. what she spelled correctly. <laughs>
0: Whatever, Quinn. <laughs> so gross this last episode.
2: Yeah. Different <laughs>
0: opportunities, work with the broadcast, social
2: media, promotions, photography. Yeah. You can run a camera. It's the greatest thing in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, you get a little bit of everything. It's a modge Podge, grab so you get bag. More of everything. You get experience with everything. Uh it's a lot of fun, except for Nathan. Nathan yeah. didn't get experience
2: with anything.
3: I got experience with Trackman and you didn't.
2: Okay. Ouch, that stung. I felt that one. Wow. The but, one thing I didn't
0: do. But it was a great experience. Definitely recommend it. And big shout out to all of those that have listened to the podcast. We thank you for that. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, thanks, Quinn's parents. <laughs> <laughs> we don't forget those subscribers when we the were on Sound SoundCloud. day one listeners. I don't even think my mom's listening to the podcast. <laughs> wow. I know. Wow. What's up with that, Connor's mom? I'm changing to ER. (laughs) What's up
3: with that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you should really change to ER for
0: get back at her. (laughs) Uh, This ending's turning into the Return of the King. (laughs) We've got like 75 different endings. (laughs) (laughs) But a big shout out and thank you to all those that have listened throughout the season. Uh, JJ's mom, all the people in Alabama. Uh, all the people that listen to the Zach Kristofac episode,
1: all our loyal fans here. I mean, thanks for supporting the Owls by coming out to the ballpark.
2: The you one know, guy can in uh, to the
1: games and to listening to the podcast.
2: The one guy in Eastern Europe who listens yeah, to the podcast. guy yeah. in Lithuania. <laughs> no way. Shout out to that guy. We do <laughs>
1: have we do have one listener in Lithuania. Apparently, <laughs> he makes up one percent of our viewership, according to Anchor.
0: Email Aww. Connor and tell him your life story. <laughs> Please don't do that. (laughs) Only only resumes,
1: please. Tell them your
2: dreams and
0: aspirations.
1: (laughs)
3: If you're using this to learn English, please do not copy us.
0: (laughs) A is for Apple. uh, (laughs) Good job, Skyler. (laughs) Yay. I'm going to graduate from college. (laughs) We'll see. Thank you to Nathan and Quinn and Connor for bringing us together. For having the keys. (laughs) Thank you to me for hosting it. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Skyler.
2: Yeah, <laughs> good job, me. <laughs> High fives himself.
0: But it's been a blast. We've all become closer friends, and everybody. Thank you to all our guests that have been on, and everybody that's kind of made this possible. And overall, thank you to the Owls for giving us this opportunity to be here and work in a sport that we all love dearly, and have just kind of goof around all summer and play baseball and talk about it, watch it. It's been a lot of fun. This credit scene is longer than any Marvel movie. Yeah. Wait for the after credit scene. Yes. <laughs> Rick will come in and like, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. <laughs> and he has an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> so any last words from the rest of you? Nope. See you boys.
2: Oh no. <laughs> oh.
0: It was good. It's been good. It's, that's been, how it, it's been doable. That's how it was. It was good. It was good. But we will see you again at another time. This has been Scalar Timmons signing off along with Quentin Denny. How's it going? Nathan Price. Present. And Connor Cued. What's up, boys? See you, boys? I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.